1: and a warm welcome to you. Welcome to The Call. 10 stocks picked by you. Actually, 11 today. Two expert guests over the course of an hour. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm just sitting in for David Koch today, unexpectedly, but I'm really pleased to be here with you. Got my Christmas colors on. Uh, let's see if they're in the spirit. My guests being Philip Pepe from Sean Partners and Rudy Philippe Van Dyke from FN Arena. Looks like you guys got the memo to wear a Death light pink shirt today. Checks. One's got stripes, one's got checks. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, okay, Philip, ring, uh, you know, bells are ringing for the Santa Claus rally.
0: Bells are ringing. People That's, are in good mood. No yeah. more interest rate rises. It's, uh, you know, bring on the bull market. It's fantastic. Yeah.
1: So how do you feel end of 2023 as an investor?
0: I'm glad it's ending this way. Uh, I think um, some of comments this morning was at the start of the year, we we're all predicting a recession, slowdown, mortgage cliff, et cetera. And it just didn't happen. And here we are in not quite bull market territory, but the outlook for 2024 is a lot more positive in terms of what people are putting out this year. Talk that global governments, maybe ex-Japan have stopped rising rates next year, they'll cut. Australia's probably paused. Happy days, bring on the bull market.
1: You, really. I mean, it's been extraordinary.
0: Nothing
2: ever, ever beats optimism. <laughs> um, I, my, my view has always been if, if you haven't seen it, then you haven't been in finance long enough. Uh, I don't think we, we have seen too many years when, after 10 months, the index has made no progress whatsoever, and after 12 months, you're probably going to have one of the better years uh, over the past decade. Uh, quite extraordinary, and it also probably means that there's only so much you can predict in finance. Um, you always have to weigh up the odds and, and wait for what happens. And in this, in this case, it's a, it's a positive ending.
1: Okay, we'll take it. Let's get to the list of stocks we'll be talking about in the first half of the program. The Tribeca Global Natural Resources Fund, Auckland International Airport, okay, Amcor, EBOS Group and Aurora in the packaging space. We had an update coming from aurora just recently probably ended last week but um earlier this morning i reached out to twitter or x as what it's called now for what viewers would like covered as today's stock of the day and we had quite a few responses look we had you know anywhere from helios to a company ticker code evz here i am on twitter if you'd like to follow me um but aristocrat and webjet came up but we'll be talking about hello world later in the program so long story short we've gone to aristocrat leisure brad thanks for sending through your pick thanks for watching or listening thanks for doing so all through 2023 as well i won't be hosting this program uh till the end of the year and uh also you know tell your friends about it if they don't know about the call or Osbys. um you know network effect it's the best way to grow an audience. Um, So anyways, let me get back to the order of the day, which is the stock of the day, which is Aristocrat Leisure, Rudy. So I think it's a good time to say what happened in 2023, what's going to happen in 2024, short-term, long-term investment prospect. (laughs) Uh,
2: Let me start by saying that uh, I'm a a long-term shareholder Mm -hmm. of Aristocrat, Um, uh, have repeatedly made a decision while I um, sometimes uh, reduce my exposure to other stocks and portfolio. I don't think I've ever reduced to aristocrat in any anyway, I mean, it has on occasion been one of my top three holdings. Um, I'm not sure what it is today, but probably is. Um, we can have a long discussion about people who have, are very happy to own coal stocks or oil and gas and the likes and then uh, can't have aristocrat because of ESG uh, considerations. But uh, that, that discussion will, will never be um, completed in this in this hour. Um, I use aristocrat on occasion as the ultimate proof that you don't have to be in small cap or micro cap space to have consistently high growth in a company and aristocrat is a prime example I think uh, top 20 stock in Australia um, ever since they had their disaster in Latin America which is I think now 15 or 16 years ago um, the share price has performed excellently um the, the, the underlying dynamics are uh, very profitable I think. And if you ever wonder what, what makes aristocrat such a great performer, it um it outspends the competition on investments. It continuously finds um new growth areas and it obviously has long moved beyond the pokies. It's now an online
1: mm-hmm. gaming and real
2: real money real money gaming and all those names they put on it. Um, it does occasionally a, a, an acquisition that turns out well, and it's obviously um, a high growth engine, and it uh, just continues doing what, it do it, what it's doing. Um, is it ever the stock of today in terms of, of share market attention and focus? Probably not, mm. but I like it that way. I mean, it never is in a bubble territory. It never gets- uh, Well, that yearly
1: chart was quite, uh, quite nah, consistent. It's, it's over
2: multi-years, <laughs> it goes like that. So I, I'm, I'm more than happy to have that sitting in my portfolio. And it just does what it does. And it goes up every year, but pretty much. And it's uh, an occasion that's- just 4156,
1: would pop, you yesterday. buy it today or is it a hold?
2: I'm more than happy to hold it here. Um, the up, there's still more upside. Um, the difficulty with a stock like aristocrat is that it never gets really cheap. And it never gets really, really expensive. So you just have to pick your level. I mean, you could buy it today, but I mean, the market is. is I mean, I, I looked yesterday. The market is already up five percent this month, and it's mm-hmm. just adding every single day. Mm-hmm. At some stage, there will will some wind will come out of this of mm-hmm. this market. Maybe then is when you when you jump on stocks like Aristocrat.
1: Gotcha. Well, Philip, Rudy keeps dumping on small caps, and you and I have a little bit of a <laughs> soft spot for small caps. I mean, aristocrat, are you getting a lot of growth here? Or do you just have to be so super patient for that growth?
0: Look, I love small caps. I think next year is a year of the small cap. If you look at um, GST, uh, mm-hmm. GFC, recession, boom, bust, small caps tend to outperform um, coming out of a Coldwell depression. That's kind of what we're doing at the moment. Having said that, I also like companies with large moats. Um Aristocrat has proven for over a decade, it is very strong in what it does. My understanding is in, in North America, it's about 40% market share of machines yeah. and they keep winning because if you're um, a large uh, gaming venue, anywhere, particularly the largest market in North America, you will buy last year's winners. So as long as they keep producing games at win, chances are when they're up for renewal, their customers will, all, will invest in more. It trades like a gaming machine, up, down, up, down, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, but you, you, you sit okay, there, you, you sit, you sit yeah, there for exactly. it, so, you yeah. so it <laughs> yeah, is a it genuine, wins. yeah, yeah. A bit, it grinds yeah. Um, it It is not cheap, it's on about 16 times consensus PE with 10% growth, uh, EPS growth forecast. It's not expensive, but it's not cheap. So to it's be not honest, quite. I
2: actually think that is. Comparable stocks with less of a ESG disadvantage, we yeah. at least have it would X amount of points higher in PE. Yeah. So I actually think it is actually cheap, but it will not get expensive because it of, w- of, w- the, of w- the, it the others. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, and as, as you pointed earlier, they invest a lot in IT and their last mm-hmm. result, they flagged an increase in no. um, R&D spend. That typically given the track record means greater earnings growth going forward. So perhaps beyond year one, year two, year three, yeah might accelerate their growth. Uh, so it is a genuine bottom draw, uh, long-term hold, trade it, you know, hold yeah. it forever like Rudy does, trim its margins uh, if it goes up. But I'm gonna call it a hold base because it looks, it's not screamingly cheap, oh. but it should hold up okay, regardless of market conditions next year, I think it'll, it'll do, I will think do okay. So it can withstand recessions. Yeah. If they still come.
1: So are we holding it? Hold for me. Hold. There you go. Um, Brad, you're welcome. Anybody else out there who likes aristocrat leisure or would like to have an opinion on aristocrat leisure as we move toward this new year of trade? There you go. You're welcome. All right, let's get to the stock of the day picked by Lester, And this is the Tribeca Global Natural Resources Fund. So TGF is the ticker code. I don't remember really. Ever speaking about this one before, I don't have, con. oh, yeah, he does say, was a double buy from Philip Pepe and Mark Gardner at about, so that's back in April at around $2.15, said buy on the thematic made for less active investors with a solid fund manager, which Tribeca is. Since then, this share price has been on a slide and the discount to NTA has opened up. Is it time to double down on this one? Philip, you're the natural answer here.
0: I have to say yes, I uh, liked it at 2.15. I love it at $1.70, so mm-hmm. it's still got you an NTA. You can NGA. also
1: change your mind, that's what people with open minds do.
0: That's true, I actually um, am a believer in the resources sector, I think you need to have an exposure, particularly in Australia where so much of our earnings comes from the space. So you can either do it directly by trying picking the companies yourself, and most people trade BHP versus Fortescue versus Minres, et cetera, coking coal, um, or you can put your money into a fund like this, which is relatively diversified it will unfortunately follow its underlying investments up and down and its underlying investments are exposed to commodities. So, oil prices have gone up, it's gone down. Um, uranium's gone up, it's gone down. Uh, uh, lithium's all over the place. So, it will unfortunately uh, ride the waves of um, its underlying investments. And my guess is that the underlying commodities in investing peaked in Feb and they've now come off and they're starting to recover. So, looking um, beneath the surface, they are exposed to copper, gold, gold dipped, and they starting to recover. They're in uranium. We like uranium. Um, so given the opportunity set now, given the sectors they're exposed to, which Shoren products actually likes, we think now is a good buying opportunity. Having said that, if commodity prices fall, in january they will follow the share price down as to do commodity stocks but on a long-term view uh, at the current price of a dollar 75 versus two dollar nta uh it's i think it's a good buying opportunity
1: okay there's a buying opportunity there you go so mm. i guess double down um rudy what's your view
2: different from um from from philips but we end up in the same uh, end result that that's that's interesting too <laughs> um, where, where i disagree with philip is um irrespectively if we have more than a thousand mining stocks on a stock exchange, if you have that many, uh, no you don't have to have them in your portfolio. Uh, I never have resource stock in my portfolio and I do very well, thank you. Um, Resource stocks are the typical good weather stocks. If the the rain shines even even ten umbrellas will not protect you and we see that on occasion with likes of lithium and the likes. So no you don't have to have Exposure. And I also disagree with uh, what the viewer wrote. Um, <clears throat> a fund manager in resources is not necessarily for the less active uh, investor. It's probably for the less risk taker, because. Uh,
1: so the more conservative investor. If you
2: t- well, if you're really conservative, you probably won't go into resources in okay. the first place. But um, we all we all have to deal with risk in the share market, and and the risk is, for example that you have, a, you have a positive view on gold and then you, and you buy Sin Barbara and then you, then you lose your pants and your socks on, on one single stock. The, the advantage of doing an ETF or an active fund manager like Tribeca is that you're basically counting on their expertise and they do a better job than you picking the, the single stock that you want exposure to. Having said so, as again proven this year, to me it didn't make much sense to have large exposure to resources this year for the simple reason that we have all these question marks about uh, falling inflation, what other central banks going through, and what exactly uh, is going to be the economic growth this year. And I've never been a big fan of the China will stimulate its way out of of its troubles. Um, Having said so, long way around, I actually come up with the same end conclusion as Philip does, because uh, you probably buy these exposures when they're down on their knees. And this one is not very much, it's very much uh, away from, from the peak. Um, the one thing I will add here is that being down in price and being down in sentiment doesn't does tells you nothing about the timing. And, and I still am of the view that the first two quarters next year so might still be patchy in terms of economic growth, momentum and you name it. And that means that you might you might have to wait longer outside of market sentiment, the occasional rally. Having said so, the resources sector is quite diverse and I, I predict next year that you will have a non-uniform uh, movement next year, that, that some resources will perform, other ones won't. Um, I'm not a big fan of oil and gas, but uh, that, that makes a market, but may, and, and, and I'm, I'm very cautious, more cautious with, with iron ore for example, but hey, gold might perform, uranium might perform, uh, lithium might have a comeback, etc., etc. So by all means, don't, don't go crazy, but I do think. And the other, the other thing, I, the, one, the, one, the other objection I would like to make is doubling down, uh, I know what the idea is. I never double down, I think that's the that's quickest strategy to, to bankruptcy. Uh, so you only add to your exposure, not because it has been proven uh, a failure, but because you believe that the new money, the fresh money you put in will, will, uh, will generate a positive return. And that is not doubling down, strictly taken. So is that a buy? Yes. I know. I went a long way around it, but I ended up in the same (laughs) position as That's part of the lesson as as
1: well. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Um, All right. So we've got a double buy. There we go. Now let's get to Auckland International Airport. That is the second stock of the day picked by Chris. Hi, Chris. Information only. Not financial advice. Do your own research. All my usual caveats and cautions. So. It's the last one for the year. There you go. Let's get to Auckland International Airport. So, plenty of people sort of um, mourn the fact that we don't have Sydney Airport listed yes. anymore. Yes. You know, it's very hard to get infrastructure exposure via a listed company, yes. particularly you know, via a 200 listed company. Now, is Auckland Airport, in your view, a substitute?
2: It's, it depends a bit what what you're trying to achieve here, and and. Um I'm not, I, I, I very seldom get excited about Auckland International Airport for the simple reason that the dynamics that support airports and, and flying and, and travel in general, they are quite minuscule in New Zealand in comparison to a destination like Australia, for example. So Auckland Airport can never really replace Sydney Airport because it's just not, it's not, just not the same. And I would actually question also its, 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 uh, its attractiveness as an as a infrastructure play. I think, for example, something like Transurban beats Auckland Airport like in every corner of the, of the ring, uh, multi times over. The only disadvantage you can say is that um, usually Transurban doesn't get as cheap as uh, Auckland Airport. But then, as you can see in the chart, uh, this share price has caught up quite, quite massively in the, in, the, in the rally as well. If you're looking for exposure to the travel segment, I think you have much better propositions as well. Um, so I'm, I'm not really a big fan of Auckland. I mean, Pre-COVID, the reason why an X number of fund managers got really excited about this one is because they have a lot of land around the airport and that was to be developed and that would guarantee those, those future uh, returns. I'm not sure whether that story is, is, is still intact today. But I, I I can't get excited. Long story short, I can't get excited about Auckland Airport, in uh, particularly not since you can now argue it's it's arguably a lot less cheap than it was. On okay, the would you start.
1: hold it, or if you'd been a long-term holder, say you bought uh, it in the pandemic, would you? I would take my profits. Prof- I would take yeah. my
2: profits now and and look for a better destination.
1: Okay, but um, generally speaking, it's a hold. Yeah. You know what I find scary, just looking at that five-year picture. Yeah? Is once we move over into 2024, mm-hmm. the year before COVID 2019 will disappear. You yeah. know, yeah. like this is going to be, make for some extraordinary charts. Um, you yes, know, when you think about it, look that's at that true. big dip that was yes. 2019. And, early and it 2019. looks, of course,
2: if you start from council, look how well the share price has done. <laughs> yeah. But you go, like, yeah, but there was a time <laughs> exactly. before. Exactly. <that."
1: laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting <laughs> one. Okay, so that is Auckland International Airport in the view of Rudy Philippac. Bendeg. What about you, Pepe?
0: I should do my own research and go to New Zealand for a trip. Um, I'll come. <laughs> that's tax deductible since we've spoken about it here. Look, I, I, I agree with Rudy. It, it's a hold slash sell. We, we love the travel space. We prefer the travel agencies for the leverage. and an infrastructure play, heavily regulated infrastructure play. I believe there's a review going on at the moment which might put a cap on things. If my data is correct, it's on 41 times FY24 PE with about 9% EPS growth. That tells me the market is pricing in an upgrade to come at some stage. What's, what's the yield? Zero. The yield that's is what
2: I, 0.5%. Yeah, that's what they still have to, they yeah. yet have to bring back the dividend. It's a small
0: yes. it's a small yield. Yes. So for me, that suggests that it's not on 41 times per, year. consensus is probably too low because analysts will wait for the result before they realize that, hey, we're back to pre-COVID levels of travel and I'll put the earnings through. So you, you might see uh, a first half pop or a February result pop as analysts, perhaps upgrade in hindsight. But the share price is factoring it in now. Uh, it's basically in line with analysts' price targets. So mm. I'm going to call it fair value. Um, mm. And if you've been lucky enough to buy it at its lows, I would take profits because yeah. it's, whatever its earnings are, it's well and truly in the price, um, according to my, my rough calc. So there's, my sus- there's better My suspicion
2: up. is it's probably trading on a forecast return of the dividend next year. Yeah. And I think you will find that it probably is not not that much out of whack with the likes of Transurban and and some other ones, I think.
0: B doesn't.
1: So, do you you really like Transurban? You've name dropped it a couple of times. Yes. Do you really like Transurban? It's
0: boring. I'm supposed to be bored. <laughs> it's, it's a good, very um, good to invest in when interest rates are at zero. Mm. When interest rates are now something real, mm. y- you're better off buying mm. a hi- You can be better off buying a hybrid yeah. than taking equity risk um, while interest rates yeah. are still positive. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, look, we don't have time to go into hybrids. <laughs> Trends have been in much detail because the next on the list is for one of our viewers and that is Amcor. This is for Chris. AMC, of course, is a ticker code. So the broker is Rudy. Mm. Um, you know, pretty positive. Too mixed, to yeah. buy from Wards, upgrade to add from Morgans, the rest are sort of neutral or equal weight.
2: I've been for very, I had Emco in my portfolio for a very long time. I, it's no longer in the portfolio now. Um, Talk about it's, it's, boring, it's, is that it? It's no, it's, well, ever since Emco bought elkan from Rio in 2009, it, it really had a great run and it was a great performer. Um, people kept asking me why I was so enthusiastic about MCO, but it, it did basically an aristocrat every, every single year. That effect has sort of worn off and I wouldn't put it just down to MCOR. I mean, yes, it hasn't performed, as you can see on the price sale, but that's also partially due to the fact that um, defensive stocks in general have not performed over the past two years. Um, and inflation is, is inflation, amongst other things, inflation is the, is the main culprit there. Defensive stocks like MCO, they don't grow at the, the, the pace that the likes of uh, Aristocrat do. They, they grow at six, seven, five, four, three, 7, and 9 percent, something along those lines a year. They gradually increase their dividends, which is usually around 4, 4.5 percent. And um, they always have a problem somewhere because they work—they operate from Russia to Venezuela. Yeah, they
1: got rid of and, the and, Russian and, operations. And
2: elsewhere. So yeah. there's always a problem somewhere, but that's not the big problem. They've had some headwinds from consumer spending in the US. You see it in the share price. Um, it's very difficult to project the past into the future. They, they are going through a tougher time ahead, but at some stage they'll resume, they'll re- they'll resume profit growth again. However, I don't think this is, um, this, this is going to be an exciting company in two, three mm-hmm. years' time. It's going to be just a gradual glacial performer. It will perform, it will pay its dividends, it will grow its dividends, it will grow. It's also still digesting a massive acquisition in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which increased uh, the debt load and all of that, which is, which is all now in the share price. So as a defensive, yes, uh, portfolios need a defensive. And, 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 and this is probably a, a good time to buy Amcor as a defensive because it's down and it's not riding the peaks. But I would, in general terms, I would, I would say, um, don't have too high expectations, but you, but you will get the dividends and they are, they are paid in US dollars. Um, no franking, and um, it'll be it'll be it'll be a gradual solid performer from here. But so
1: buy if you're not in it,
2: and don't 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 have too high expectations.
1: Yeah, but but, I if, but
2: if the weather next year, if the weather turns and we have a more difficult market period, you might actually be quite happy that you have Amco because they might then beat all the other stocks that fall by the wayside.
1: But I do know you're not rushing out to buy it yourself.
2: I just sold it. That's
1: what I'm saying. You sold it, so, um, so held, you must have held it for quite a while because yes. you wouldn't sell at a loss, right? You didn't sell at a loss.
2: Oh no, I don't care. Yeah,
1: okay. I don't care. Did you so, sell at
2: a loss? Uh, I don't know, but I don't care. <laughs> oh. So I never, I never look when I when when I make a decision. I never look at what price did I buy it because that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You buy not because of the past, you you, you yeah, buy and okay. sell because of the future. So I sold because I had better alternatives, and you better alternatives what likes of. Uh, more on y more on REA Group, uh, more in Hub, for mm-hmm. example. And and those stocks have performed really, really well since I made the switch. Amcor mm-hmm. uh, hasn't.
1: So if you're looking for something defensive, then you could buy Amcor, noting Definitely. that Rudy just sold it. So.
0: Yes, I have other defensives.
1: Other defenses. <laughs>
0: Full disclosure. What do you think? It uh, sounds like a sell to me. Yeah, it um, does,
1: does sound like a sell to me, but okay. There's
0: better opportunities elsewhere. I mean, it's fair value based on consensus price targets what that's worth. Mm-hmm. It's 5% dividend yield, unfranked. You can get an internet it's, it's banking yeah. account. that pays you more than that. Um, it's supposed to grow but yes. It's supposed to grow. They flagged a challenging outlook yes. for calendar 24 because yep. we're still it probably was a COVID beneficiary with him uh, moving from yeah, just in case mm-hmm. to just in time. Their clients mm. are destocking, so demand has dropped. That's still to play out. They're suggesting perhaps another 6 to 12 months to grow to go. Negligible earnings forecast um, to grow uh, in the next two years. If we do get return to a bull market next year, it will get left behind in a material way. Um, Coming back to their earnings, no growth forecast, cautious outlook statement, no expected return, 5% dividend yield there's better places to put your money. It won't fall, it's right. just, it'll struggle to keep, unless you're pessimistic the market, it'll struggle to keep up um, with the broader market. So for me, it's a put your money elsewhere.
1: Okay, yeah. if you owned it, you'd sell it then?
0: I would sell it for something else. It's a sell. Yeah.
1: A yeah. buy and a sell, interesting. All right, let's get to <clears throat> the next on the list. This is for Eric. Uh, EBOS, EBO is the ticker code. Um, let's have a view coming from Philip Pepe as it's in the smaller end of the market.
0: Oh, I love pharmacy stocks. Um, and,
1: and keep in mind, we're not going to be talking about eBoss without talking about Chemist Warehouse, Sigma and the rest.
0: The most anticipated... Oh, Westpharmus, Westpharmus is there too. Yeah. is there sure. too. West <laughs> API. Um, I think eBoss is fully priced and up until last week I would have called it a sell because they are losing a material contract in Chemist Warehouse um, from uh, 1 July 2024. And um, at that time, Chemist Warehouse will actually become a competitor if they continue to merge with Sigma. Mm-hmm. Sigma is also a competitor to Ebos, so um, their, their, their competitor competition just got stronger. Um, having said that, um, there is no doubt in my mind. Companies suggest otherwise that some of the current Sigma customers, the 1.3 billion-ish that are mm. non, um, that won't be Chemist Warehouse, might not be thrilled that mm. their biggest competitor is now their supplier, and they may well go elsewhere. And their choices are mm. basically mm. eBOS or API through That's Westfarm. One. So I actually think I eBOS should be, might, might be a beneficiary if and when this transaction happens, and there's no guarantee that it will. And if they haven't thought about it, they must—they will almost certainly be targeting the independent customers, the AMCALs, the Guardians, the independents, saying, why would you be supplied by the, the person next door yeah. mm-hmm. when well, you can be supplied oh. by an independent? Um, having said that, I still think it's fully priced. So I call Ebos a hold. It's on 23 times mm. PE with no growth over two years because of the loss of the contract. So you don't buy for the earnings growth. Uh, but I think it gets interesting for them um, in second half of calendar 2024 whenever the Chemist Wales mm-hmm. Sigma deal is complete, because I actually think they, and potentially West slash API, mm-hmm. will pick up some market share as a result of this, as the combined EBOS, um, so, sorry, Sigma, Chemist Wales, will lose some of their independence to, to one of the other two
1: players. Yeah, interesting. Good one. Thank you. EBOS, just too difficult, really?
2: No, but may, maybe something to point out here. EBOS does a lot more. They're not just doing retail uh, chemistries. They they do hospitals I was gonna and, say. and they do pets as well. Yeah. So there's a lot more to the business. Uh, normally, I would argue that given the quality and the quality history of EBOs, that you can you can you can always trust that they will come out with a positive surprise. And I think that's what the market is expecting as well. However, I can I can also see the uh, the view of the likes of, of Philip. But now the whole chemist warehouse dynamic. Is, is, and, and, and also West farms is not, not for nothing in that sector with, with a bag of money in the, back, in the background. So there's a lot of uncertainty now. And, and, and as a shareholder, or if you are willing to, to buy into Ebos here at, at a lower price than where it was usually was trading, then you have to cope with that uncertainty. And, we do, and, and part of uncertainty is that we don't know what the outcome is. So as long as you're comfortable and you trust that management will come up with a solution over the next two, three years and, and find growth elsewhere to replace that contract. Um, otherwise, you have to put your money elsewhere. And that's irrespective of what of, at what point you bought in, because that, that the market doesn't care about that, neither should you. Um, sometimes things you can't predict. If you bought an EPOS earlier and then the contract fell away, you didn't know, mm. share price is lower. But, and if you can't cope with uncertainty now, you have to move elsewhere, because that is part of investing. So, yes, you can hold, and that means you are banking on the fact that uh, management will find a solution uh, to the loss of the contract and, and, and the, the loss of, of growth now, which is also the immediate outlook, not necessarily a long-term outlook. But otherwise, you have, you have to put, pick your money and move elsewhere, because okay. they, do, they do pay dividends but it's not not enough to compensate for the
1: Thank you. for the uncertainty. So that's ebus. So two holds for EBOS mm. group. There you go. Now let's get to the last before uh, we make the halfway mark and this is for Michaela. This is Aurora. So Aurora is in packaging as well, different than Amcor. Um, part of which is because they made the Saver Glass acquisition, which is a bottle maker for high-end sort of wines and spirits, I think in Europe. But it came out last week, I did check the date, the 15th of December, uh, reporting softness in that premium spirits sector. Um, after the completion of the Glass acquisition. Now, it still does you know, expect that um, EBIT will be um, positive um, going into 2024. So really confident, it says, with the position that Glass has in premium wine and spirits. EBIT is expected to be higher in FY24, but flagging softness. Um, what do you make of Aurora?
0: It's been absolutely slammed uh, mm. since uh, they raised, uh, what was it, 300 mil or something for the acquisition Uh, you can see from the share price chart markets just didn't like it Uh, they were in a sector that was already challenging we spoke earlier about Amcor Um, they bought a competitor um, that's also showing a cautious outlook statement and the markets just said no thank you sell it's actually looking cheap it's been absolutely smashed so on valuation grounds I think people just shop first ask questions later Um, they sell some quality products yeah we're rebasing to Pre COVID levels, and you know, people like Rudy drink expensive wines. Maybe you know, you ordered a couple less bottles, so that, that's yummy. Coming, through, coming through the sales. But he drinks
1: kombucha, <laughs> cologne, <yummy. on.
0: laughs> <laughs> but we'll find a base, and that's a near, uh, certainly near 12 months. It actually looks cheap. Uh, my guess is someone didn't like the acquisition and just sold on open and selling, but gets selling. Um, it seems to have found a level, and on you know, the circa. 15, 20% per annum mm-hmm. growth forecast because of the acquisition on around 11 times PE. That looks very cheap. Looks I, would, I would actually nibble on this one, I'd call this a buy because it's just yeah. been oversold. Uh, yeah.
1: But you have to have faith that uh, management can execute when it comes to this acquisition as well.
0: that
2: is part of the reason why the share price is down. Uh, by the way, this is the X. In Australia. Yeah, it was spun out of MCorp. Yeah. but it's been MCOR on its own M- for quite M- some time. M- MCorp is no longer in Australia. Yeah. It's now called Aurora. Um, two problems. One is, well, three problems. One is that there. there are a, a small cap, and, a small, <laughs> and small caps, no, no, no I'm not, I'm not yes. having a go at that. I'm, a I'm, I'm <laughs> explaining here why the share price hasn't performed. It's a small cap, I right? mean, and it has that has held back the share price. Uh, to a certain extent, it's also defensive. And that has also held back the share price. I mean, the, the, it has not been a great time for those, for the combination of the two. The other, the other thing that they, um, that has held back the, the company is they are the main manufacturer of wine bottles in Australia. Guess what happened a while ago? China blocked wine from Australia, which obviously mm-hmm. weighed on the numbers.
0: It's reversing though.
2: And that's reversing. Yeah. And that's normally why you would buy Aurora because anything else, uh, they should be beneficiary of, of that. Um, what they have done though, since they split off from Emco, from, from, uh, from is they have sought growth through acquisitions in the United States. And those first purchases, they, they, they didn't really pan out quite correctly. So the market has taken a very dim view in thinking, yeah, your track record management team, your track record is not great. You're doing a big acquisition now again. How much trust should mm-hmm. should we put in you? So the shield in the share price. Well, so a bit twice I, shy. So I agree with, with with Philip. I think the share price looks extremely oversold here. Also because that obviously has to raise a lot of money and, and that also depresses the share price as well. I think the market is being being way too cautious here. And um, if you take a two year view, three year view, you will be you will come out on top. I don't know what the sh- what the immediate short term will be, because we will find out in February. Uh, but everything else being equal, if Treasury Wines sells more t- wines into China, they mm. should sell more bottles to Treasury Wines. In a simplistic form, uh, I also believe they also do um, uh, some of the vitamins as well.
1: Well, makes sense to a simpleton like me. So that's two buys. Mm-hmm. It's a double buy. Mm-hmm. There you go. Let, and never
2: buy packed corporate. By, by, by the way,
1: there you go. <laughs> um, we're gonna be drinking some wine over Christmas morning,
2: uh, and we go like go, go, go. Aurora.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this is your second last day of work.
2: Second last day work. work. Yeah. Hey, I come from the beach.
1: I've always, <laughs> yeah, I've he's already been on Look at this tan. Working. Look how relaxed he is. <laughs> I mean, he's usually pretty chill, but even more so. All right, let's get to yeah, what we've learned. There you go in this uh, last half hour of the program. So the stock of the day chosen by you, Brad, was aristocrat leisure. It's a hold, so it's not cheap, according to Philip Pepe. Uh, Rudy's a very happy long-term shareholder. He's never reduced. Um, He thinks that there's more upside, but yeah, you might get it cheaper on a different day, but he would most certainly be holding it if you're already in it. The Tribeca Global Resources Fund, um, it's a buy for Philip Pepe. He says that he does believe in the resources space going into 2024. He thinks that it's looking pretty cheap. And long story short, it's a buy for Rudy. Let's just leave it at that. Auckland International Airport, uh, do your own research, says Philip Pepe. He thinks that it's actually a sell if you bought it cheap, you know, back in the depths of the COVID pandemic, you want to take your profits because it's expensive. He does like the travel space, but we'll get to one of his preferred picks later, I suppose, and it's a hold. For Rudy, he just can't get excited about this one. He does prefer transurban in that space. Amcor, this is a buy for Rudy, um, but don't have high expectations. This is more of a defensive play. If you need one in his portfolio, keep in mind he just sold his holding. And we've got a sell for Philippe Pepe. There's opportunities elsewhere. Don't need it. There you go. EBOS, it's a hold for both of my guests. It'll be interesting in the second half of 2024, in particular for Philip to see how it goes once, if we presume that Sigma will take over Chemist Warehouse and backdoor list it, will all those uh, competitors really wanna get supply from you know, essentially what's Chemist Warehouse now? I think that's an interesting take. And Aurora, you just heard why it is a buy, mostly because it's looking cheap, but it's a longer term view for my friend Rudy here. All right, portfolio was updated beginning of December. ResMed, Car Group, John's Ling bought, West Farmers, RPM Global, MA Financial sold. What do you guys think about selling out of West Farmers?
0: I know. Blasphemy. Yeah. Philip? <sighs> it's got a moat. Long time buy. Yeah, exactly.
2: uh, everything okay. has a price, but, I suppose. But, but, but we're the, going but, for growth but, here, but so. But the three companies that were added, uh, I think I'm sure I all three of them, so I can't, can't complain about that one.
1: All right. Well, you know, if you ever want on, let me know. <laughs> uh, so far, the fund is up 17% since March 1st, 2022 keep your requests coming in. I like that blue line, whoever did that one. And uh, we'll see what our committee will be looking at next. So we've got a couple from today, the Tribeca Global Natural Resources and Aurora, but you have to wait till February, giving the team a bit of a a time off over the holiday period. All right, coming up now, HomeCo, Daily Needs, and Steadfast, uh, Karun Energy, Atlas Arteria, there you go, another sort of infrastructure play and in hello world so let's get to the first one which is the home co daily needs REIT guys i've had a lot of conversations this week about REITs having the mm. wind behind them for 2024. Mm. this one has a lot of exposure to well what it says on the tin right daily needs so what do you think?
2: Rules and calls um i'm shareholder uh it's um did you
1: pick this list or something no, anyways okay.
2: no no but i don't know i don't know. I mean, for, 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 just set the record straight, <laughs> I had no influence whatsoever on any of this the stocks on the list, including Aristocrat. Um, so I'm a shareholder on this one, and, and, and there's two reasons why I'm a shareholder. A, um, when when the whole sector is down and trading well below NTAs because of high bond yields, there's an obvious, uh, at the very least, an obvious trading opportunity. I, I have said a couple of times on this program. And as you can see in the share price, um, I mean, it hasn't moved a lot for if you take the, 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 the starting point from March. Uh, but if you, if you go back to October, it has moved incredibly a lot, like. And, and REITs in general have. I mean, Charter Hall, uh, all the other ones, you name it. What makes this read so special? Um, a, I always believed it, it, it had a very low chance of having to cut its dividend, its distribution. So it's a very defensive reed. Uh, some would say it's, it's quite sturdy, it's quite high quality. Uh, you have to go through extremely savage circumstances to see this reed coming unstuck. And that's because it, there's, there's, a, there's a high retensi- retensi- retention rate in the customers and, and the cash flow comes in, et cetera, et cetera. They were also smart enough uh, to hedge their uh, debt exposure which means you won't see an increase in, in, in yield this year on in distribution, I should say. But after that, it'll, it'll increase again. Anyway, I, I still believe it's undervalued. Um, I haven't checked the latest numbers, but uh, it probably still offers it a, a, a yield of 7%, I think. Uh, but could be even more. And it's incre- inc- incredibly volatile, as you can see. Reeds are not, by definition, uh, less volatile. So you just have to pick your point where you're, uh, where you're comfortable. Um, I think you can still buy it. I mean, it still offers you 7%, and that 7% is quite secure. Um, if, for those who are looking to have some uh, income component in their portfolio, and I think every long-term portfolio needs an income component. Um, from memory, this is my largest, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy. I mean, if it doesn't move, I collect 7% every, uh, on a on 12-month basis. If it does move, I still get a 7% from the, from the original uh level and i get my uh, capital returns as well which i'm collecting now so it's win-win um, but you have to be careful uh by picking your reads not every read is equal and we are going to find out in on the next two three years
1: so would you be more cautious around office say eh?
2: yes i think i think uh, office and maybe retail as well okay I, I'm, I'm i'm less confident with those but with, with one of these, it's quite sturdy. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could call it defensive okay. uh, quality. Defensive
1: um, income quality. Lesser risk. Lesser risk. OK. Um, now, Rudy did say it looks like it's undervalued. What do you think, Philip?
0: No. <laughs> uh, the only thing I like about this company is the dividend yield, which is about 7%. There you go. Uh, uh, for what it's worth, it's about fair value on analyst numbers. It's a little bit cheap has retail exposure i mean as they say daily needs as retail um so yeah should be defensible um you can see in the chart from earlier um it did well while while interest rates were being cut and it started to struggle when interest rates are going up yes uh my best guess i'm not an economist is we've probably seen our last rate rise in australia we might get one more in feb but i think most economists are saying we've peaked. so bond yields are coming down well, but I don't agree that they're coming down but that's oh, okay. the issue so yeah, yeah. if you have the view that bond yields are coming down yes. absolutely and the people people like to throw that argument but why are bond yields coming down inflation is not under control it's, we're still above no, it's the falling. target it's falling, it's falling. Um, but it's not being negative so people are saying woohoo we're back at 4% inflation on top of the Cumulatively, 15% we've had over the last uh, 12 months. So we're not back in um, happy days spending at the moment. Uh, so I'm still cautious rates. Um, unless um, unless we get the soft landing next year or some sort of slider, which people still aren't predicting, textbook economics, there's no reason for the RBA to cut rates. And in terms of um, increasing unemployment, we're still importing workers so we can stop that and manage it better. So I'm not of the view, I'm not an economist, but I'm not of the view that rates will get cut for the next two years. There's un- unless Two you know, years? I'm not. What? Well, well, for if... me in the church. But remember, all we're doing is adding back what what, what the government gave us during COVID. So yeah. we're back to pre-COVID yeah. level. So there's, yeah. I mean, we've just reversed the... Um, yeah, I don't think we're going spending. back to
1: emergency level. No just anyways, not the place, not yeah, um, the so, so this uh, is your uh, view on HUMCO daily yes. Re- So
0: I'm generally avoiding all REITs. This one pays a good dividend. I'll call it fair value. For Rudy's sake, I'll call it a hold. Um, <laughs> but this is better. Is he being nice to me or what? This is my question. for this year. <laughs> well, you can get double digits um, in, in other sector okay. next year. I just don't think yeah. you'll get double digits in
1: this
0: Thank one. you.
2: I mean, 7%, I, I think. It's a like good start. And I'm of the view that it doesn't matter what the RBA does. Bond deals are coming down. And, and so and you look for off.
1: your income, you know, via stocks still listed equities rather than, you know, transferring into fixed income products.
2: If you take seven percent on fixed interest, you're playing really high risk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Good. So that's uh, what we've got for Home Code Daily Needs. Let's move on to Steadfast. Steadfast in the in- oh, what? Yep. Did Uh, I go past it? Yeah, steadfast is there. Not
0: so fast. (laughs) Not so
1: fast. For Ali. Hi, Ali. Thanks for writing in again, requesting this stock. So um, this is an insurance broker, Yeah. Um, but insurers were very 2023. Will they be 2024, Philip?
0: Mm. That just, uh, it's interesting because we've still got the 12 months of rate cycles coming through. This is a great way to play the interest rate increases and the premium increases without actually taking on underwriting risk because the premium's gone up and they just take a commission Mm -hmm. grossly over summarizing what they do so you're not taking any underwriting risk it's probably 12 months still to play through they made a cracker of an acquisition um, recently and spent 200 oh they raised 280 mil plus another 30 in a share purchase plan it's trading above the issue price so the market likes it Um, it's approaching fair value it's not as cheap as it used to be we like the space it probably is a 2023 story. We've probably got, to being too cute, still another six months to get the annualization of what happened in 2023. So there's probably mm-hmm. a solid, uh, steady, um, pun intended, first half, 24 for them coming out and probably a full year, uh, So oh, given that run. I'm gonna call it a hold, but I would certainly, I'm certainly expecting a good mm-hmm. Um, certainly six months coming at the moment. We wouldn't chase at this level, but it's a great business. I'd like to buy it cheaper, um, but I think the earnings will continue to grow into calendar 24, mm-hmm. uh, so I'll call it a hold uh, okay. on that Okay, so basis. not a buy now, look mm-hmm. at the no, chart. No. Uh, Rudy? Uh, see, that chart
2: tells you a lot of what you need to know about a company like that. Yes, it's volatile because it is a small cap, uh, but ultimately um, the trend is, is from the left corner in the bottom to the right hand corner in the top. And if you would have a longer-term view, that's, that's that 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 trend remains in place. It's one of the reasons why I'm why I own it and why I like it. Um, why hasn't it performed this year? Good question. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a question mark to me. I I, I suspect uh, number one, it's never a, a, a glamour popular stock. It's not Pilbara where everyone jumps on and off. Uh, it's 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 in that corner where like it's just a steady performer in the background. It's actually I think. I mean, part of the ac- part of the strategy is acquisitions and they've they and, and, and they've announced two acquisitions uh, with capital raisings and that has held back the share price um, I disagree with Phil I don't think it's fair value I think it's cheap here although not as cheap as where it was when, when, when they raised the capital but I still think it's cheap and I would definitely uh, I would definitely still buy it here I would definitely hold it if I were holding it and I would m- maybe even considering um, I think it just ended up the, the share placement for retail investors is just finished, I think. I hope yeah. everyone who was on board took it up. Um, I'd be comfortable holding this one. Okay. I mean, uh, it's a steady performer. If Phil is correct and he's not the only one making that call, 2024 uh, potentially becomes the year of the small caps. That's a small cap. You know I mean, and it's a steady performer. <laughs> not a glamour stock, but it's one that just I mean, it just performs in the background. And one day you look up and you go, like, oh, another dollar on top. And that's, right. doesn't have to happen in a day.
1: Okay. Thank you. Karun Energy is next on the list. This one, I believe, is already in the portfolio. Don't let that influence your uh, pick. But Sabir has written in, recent sell-off is a time to buy. Better growth potential than Woodside and Santos? I think that's a question. Sure. Not sure.
0: No, true. Um,
1: yeah. So it's okay. also expanded into the Gulf of Mexico yeah. lately. Um, you know, w- w- we've, we don't have to... Obviously, the price of oil would determine where the share price goes to a certain, to a certain extent, extent. Yes. but is Caroon getting oil oil exposure via the NASX listed company a sound prospect to you, Rudy?
2: Well, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's sort of like an underlying theme in the stocks we are doing today. This is number three or four, where the share price, I believe, has been held back because of acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And Caroon, again, has, has been selling more assets that always goes in. They always have to issue extra shares. They have to get uh, debt from somewhere or combination of. In the short term, it always depresses the share price um, because existing shareholders take up the extra capital and they, for the, for the time being, are satisfied. Um, again, it's a smaller cap stock, which means small things happening can have larger impacts on the share price. But I would, I would agree, even though I'm, I'm, I'm less sanguine than other people about the prospects of oil and gas next year, I would agree that the company's specific characteristics want the buy here. Share price has been held back simply because of the acquisitions. Uh, They they should be able to grow on their own irrespective of what Mm -hmm. happens to the price of oil. There
1: we go. Management tick, Philip. I mean, what they've executed so far, strategic focus going forward.
0: My highly sophisticated analysis says, oil price up, karoon up, oil price down, karoon down where it peaked uh, back in October, oil price 95 bucks a barrel. Here we are at 75 bucks a barrel and down goes Karoon. I wish it was more complex than that. Uh, It's not good. I mean, good acquisition, good expansion. It is a good way to get um, exposure to oil. Some believe the oil price is managed. Um, It's it's not a true market price set by the cartel. I don't know. Would you buy it? I would because it's on 3.9 times consensus PE. Expectations are very low, four times PE on valuation grounds and betting, guessing oil price goes up from here. Yes, it's a buy.
1: There we go, two buys.
0: But also I
2: think if, if management executes and those volumes projected for the years ahead, if they come through, they will perform irrespective of what happens to the oil price.
1: Let's tell them I have the last word. <laughs> <laughs> Atlas Soteria is next on the list. So we're talking traffic, toll. We're talking international exposure. I think it's the Chicago mm. Skyway that it's got. And it's stable, um, mm. if I'm not mistaken, France as well.
2: There's also, there's also the element of risk, sovereign mm. risk. France France likes to get more money out of its assets and will get more money out of its assets. They also have to refinance, much more expensive. There goes for future growth. Um, so I'm not a big fan.
1: Not a big fan. Again,
2: uh, if you have to make a choice, the only the only advantage they have at this point in time is that their share price is cheaper than transurbans because mm-hmm. theirs hasn't moved and transurbans has. Okay. But um, I would take a longer term view and one, at one yes, at one point they might make up the difference and it can wor- go both ways, either Transurban come down or they go up or they meet each other in the middle. But longer term, I think those risks. I'm, I'm not that comfortable. There's too much risk for me. There's too much uncertainties, okay.
1: which
0: are out of control of the company.
1: So TCL is a preferred pick still in that space. Yep. How about um, Atlas Arteria for
0: that? I, I tend to agree. Again, the mm. only thing going, the major thing going forward is the dividend yield, 7%. It's about fair value on analyst forecasts. I don't love toll roads. It's boring, <laughs> fairly predictable <laughs> unless you get a pandemic. There's no, There's not going to be a material earnings upgrade or material earnings downgrade. Hence, you buy it if it's a good dividend yield, and yes, it does. Of other stocks we've discussed mm. would make a better investment, uh, as you know, mm. your little home co thing as a starting point if you want no, the less, risk. Yield. less but, risk. yeah, it's yeah. domestic, That's you get the dividend yield, yeah. and
1: okay, it. so it's a sell if you're in it, hold yeah. it if you have it, sell. yeah, sell, hold, yeah, another cell, sell, why be in yeah. it, sell, I'm calling it a sell, exactly,
2: <laughs> executive
1: <laughs> exactly. decision. Yeah. All right, let's okay. get to the last you're on the not list, and <laughs> that is hello world, so, um,
2: sell. So what? Okay, to, to, you got over to you guys. Kidding. I'm just <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Battle it out. I know you love this one, Philip.
2: I Well, if you if you love it at a higher price, you have to love it's, it at even more. Well. That, that, it? We've called this <laughs> well.
1: Bring um, up the chart. Yearly chart, please. Where's the
2: chart? Come on, the chart. chart.
0: See? What do you, you mean? We, we had a bind at a $242. Um, okay. at, uh, sorry, at 142 Um Was it ever there?
1: Yes. <laughs> Below it.
0: We, we, we like the space still, we, think, um, we call it
1: Consumers
0: it, but I know, cashed up consumers the cashed versus up the rest consumers. of us um, Boomers
1: You there, guys don't quite two, fall in that category, do you?
0: I
2: think I just missed <laughs> The cutoff is like
1: But I must say, he was just traveling So he's clearly still spending <laughs> <laughs> on travel So
0: you've just had a very exotic <laughs> holiday Yes, and, yes um, it's, it's, I did not go through Hello World though
1: no. Did you use a
0: travel agent? Yes. There you go. That's my question. Online
1: point. travel agent.
0: Yeah, but yeah. you use a travel agent.
1: Flight center.
0: One. No. Just go Webjet. Un- unlisted one. So. No. So, okay. No. No. They're, list- they're all listed. My Vanuatu. Look it up. My Vanuatu. Okay. But the the issue is though. <laughs> I
1: will. But then I want to go. <laughs> then you want to
0: go. Well, do your own research. Um, but but that is my point. People who are planning relatively yeah, yeah. complex yeah, yeah. trips will use a travel agent and those who are although you look 35 Rudy the the over 40s the over 50s <laughs> over 55s have more cash based on the CBA data more cash than the rest of the population the center presence just keep on coming yeah so they can afford to go and there's also um let's call it the bottom mm-hmm. below 25 year olds mm-hmm. they also don't have a mortgage probably still living at home don't have any kids they can afford to travel as well so recent outbound travel stats um it is a stat for you, I love my stats. But
2: the youngsters don't use it, let's face it. They find all other ways of, sure. of finding a $50 ticket for a plane and almost free, for free accommodation. But they're still yeah.
0: traveling. Yes. So it's not as discretion as people think. First four months of the, this financial year to October, international departures are up 53%. We have had 400 basis points of interest rate rises, mm. and people are traveling 50% more than they were last year. Now those boomers don't have a mortgage. But that's fine, but that, you just need some of those to be spending their average of whatever it is, 10 grand per trip, and these companies will do okay. But the other reason I like Hello World um, is, it's compare it, it is very cheap. It is on nine times consensus PE, market darling, bigger cap stop, mm-hmm. flight centers on 15 times. Um, aristocrats on 18 times. This is our growing aristocrat. Yeah, it's b- um, much better stock. Corporate travel 50, it's just mispriced versus. Also better th- stock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not as much growth. So for me, we like the thematic. We think stronger yeah. for longer. It's yeah. just too cheap versus the others. So yeah. we've got to okay. buy them. My, my, my view
2: remains the same since the last time we were here. I'll back you in the buy, but only because the chair price is cheap. Mm. Um, but on my preference for a longer term portfolio, would yep. always be Webjet or corporate corporate uh, management travel management, because they are
0: larger sized okay. companies, okay.
2: better yep. managed, more uh, revenue uh, options than just uh, the single one, um, and it remains the same higher quality.
0: It's in the price though, sixteen times. Yes, that doesn't ones.
2: mean you're making you're making less returns. Right.
1: I, feel like I should have a glass of wine in my hand already i'm I sorry i have just my, my <laughs> brain's
2: like and also sometimes to I me mean, you have to you have to imagine that uh, that a portfolio doesn't consist just out of 60 meter sprints i mean some of them you need for the marathon mm-hmm. and sometimes so you, you you pay a little bit of a higher price yep. for one that performs for the next five to seven years instead mm-hmm. of the one that performs for the next six months
1: and that's where we say and that's you know pay, sometimes it's worth it to pay for quality i'm not agreeing with him on hello world don't yeah. get mad at me philip i'm I'm your friend, but yeah, I think we've got a few on this list that are sort of longer-term marathon companies and some that are shorter sprint. Yeah. Good, you guys happy? We'll call it a double buy. Is is that a buy? It is a buy. It's a buy on valuation grounds. That was fun. We're already at the end of the program. So let's just revisit what we've learned and we'll start with Homeco Daily Needs. It's a hold for both. Even though Rudy has it in his portfolio, he really likes it. This is a marathon stock and the dividend. He reckons there is more upside, but you could probably just get it cheaper at some point, depending on what's going on in the market. Um, where steadfast. am I? Steadfast. steadfast. Yep, steadfast. It's it a hold for both of our <laughs> guests. The trend is higher. Trend is your friend, but not a buy. In Philips View right now, nor yeah, you, can, you can buy it. You can, can buy, buy it. it. Nice. You think you can buy it? Yeah, all right. Super. Okay. So I'll cross that out because I do keep track of all these. Yep. Caroon Energy, it is a double buy. Uh, Atlas Arteria, it is a sell for both of my guests. And it's a Hello World double bye for both of my guests. Are
2: we brothers today or what? <laughs>
1: totally, tis the season. Uh, I don't want to break you up come 2024, so we're going to have to pick some that gets you a little bit more fired up and disagreeing, yeah? Okay, maybe not.
2: Let's, let's talk about Hello World in, in nine months' time.
1: Okay, all right, let's do it. Um, again, I write everything write down. down. Write it yeah. down, yeah, write it down. Um, Rudy, nice to have you back. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for everything in 2023 think we might see you on Thursday. If not, we'll see you in 2024. Looking yes. forward to it. Yes. Same goes for you, Philip. Thank you. Thank Have you. a really merry Christmas. Happy holiday to you and all of your friends and family as well. Thank that you. is the end of the program. Keep your requests coming in, ozbiz.co forward slash picks. If you think of anything over the break, I know we've still got a, three more trading days, but just remember that we will be coming back guns blazing on January the 8th. Um, don't go anywhere right now, though. We'll get back to what's happening here and now on the market today, and it's a pretty positive session. Stay with us.